no matter where you at, God is with you. Because a lot of times we think God is only where the promise is, but he's with you even in the valley as you're going into the promise. He's there. Because the enemy will have us that you by yourself. You alone. Ain't nobody going through this with you. Ain't God ain't even with you. When that's the... But how y'all doing this morning? Come on, yeah. We're in the house of the Lord. Um, for those that don't know me, I'm Patrick Baker. I serve on the executive team here, and I have the honor to break bread with you this morning. So I'm excited what God has deposited in me, and I'm ready to share it. So let's go ahead um, and jump right into it. So we've been going through these last couple of weeks, um, a sermon series called Closer. Our word this year is to go closer to God and closer to each other. And so we've been taking a deep dive um, and looking at this each and every week. And so week one, if you've been following the sermon series, uh, Pastor Joe talked about leave and he will. Uh, week two, which was last week, Pastor Joe talked about fear in the middle and that fear causes us to make choices that can lead us out or from the promises of God, which eventually lead to a lot of unnecessary stuff or, or like what we call it baggage. Um, but today we're going to pick up what we left off in Genesis 13 and we're going to be looking at verses 5 through 18. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation version. So whatever you got, that's the version I'm reading from. If you don't have your Bibles, we're going to have one to the left and the right of me that you can follow along and read with me as well. So one common theme um, that I'm loving that I see about Abram as we're taking it, we're looking at his story, we're looking at his journey, is his realness. Um, Joe said it last week, his humanity, but his realness, just how like you see him go from here to here to here. And I don't know about y'all, like sometimes it's me in my face. <laughs> God do something amazing. I'm up here. And then next thing you know, it's like he ain't never did nothing in my life. Um, this is me being real. And so like, let's jump right in to start. Let's read. And so it says, finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are a close relative. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, then I'll go to the left. Lot took a long, a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was to the left. Lot's, oh, I'm sorry. The whole area, the whole area was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Y'all remember that? Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flock in service and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plains. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can, you can see in every direction, north, south, east, and west. I am given all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. And I will give you so many descendants that, like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. So I want to title today's message, You Think You Have a Lot. You Think You Have a Lot. That's what we're going to title today's message. So if you just pray with me. Dear Father God, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you, God, that each time um, I get to do this, it's an honor. It's an opportunity that you give. But also, God, I thank you, God, that I can do nothing in my own strength. I need you, Lord. I need you, Holy Spirit, to speak 
for me. I just want to be a willing vessel. So God, as I'm up here, you open up my mouth and you speak through me, God. But also, God, I thank you that you're speaking to my heart as well, God. I thank you, Lord, uh, for whatever it is that's needed in this room, you know. I thank you, God, it's divine appointment that whoever's here hearing this is, is for them and for something that they need in their life. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to break this down, y'all. We've been, we've been going through and breaking down these verses. So I want us to start off looking at verses 8 through 9 again. And so we're going to look at this. So remember, finally, Abraham said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen, right? So that's how we're jumping off. So the funny thing about this is God never told Abram to bring Lot in the first place. He actually told him to leave his native land, family, and he left the land, but he brought the family with him. <laughs> like a lot of us do is we, we, we do what uh, we do. We kind of like make it what we want to be. We'll do a little bit of thing, but we don't do the whole thing that God's telling us to do. Right. So God is not a God uh, uh, of partial. He's a God of a whole. Right. So when God does a thing, he does it all the way through. He don't do like us. Like, like uh, I'm going to put myself on the spot. My wife said when I clean the kitchen, I partially clean it. <laughs> I feel like I clean it all the way. But she say, did you move that uh, sugar thing right there and wipe behind? I say, no, but ain't nobody using it. She say, well, move it real quick. It's crumbs, baby. So I partially clean the kitchen. But when she clean it, she clean it all the way, right? So that's how God is. So to give us context right here, I got a point. First point for those taking notes. Partial obedience is still complete disobedience. So if you partially obeying something God done told you to do, you completely disobeying. Because I think a lot of times we think, well, God, I did some of what you said, so I'm being obedient. No, partial obedience is still complete disobedience. So the conflict Abram was having should have never been a conflict in the first place. If he did what God told him to do, this would never have been a conflict. So the conflict comes once Abram is back in alignment with God doing the right thing. After he is back to the place God has called him to be in. So again, for my note takers out there, write this down. The devil shows up when you get back in alignment with God. So when you get back doing what you're supposed to do, that's when the devil going to show up. He ain't going to show up when you're out of alignment, when you're being disobedient, when you're not doing the stuff God called you to do. Why he going to show up then? He always shows up when you're trying to do what is right, right? So I don't want you always to think opposition is always is, is a bad thing. A lot of times it's because you're probably pursuing what God has called you to pursue. All right? So you need to th let's think through that. So, again, this is a conflict that he's dealing with that should never have been a conflict in the first place. So I took it and I, and I began to think, how many conflicts in my life do I have there should never have been conflicts in the first place. If I was obedient from the jump all the way through, that it never would have been a conflict to me, right? So, interesting enough, we see a wiser and more of a God-centered Abram here. Remember previously, we were talking last week, anybody followed the sermon? Um, we, we saw last week in chapter 12 where Abram was basically telling his wife to lie to protect himself, Right? And, and, and just to piggyback a little bit about uh, Pastor Joe last week, we know that God would never tell us to lie to do something that God has said he's going to do. Like, we ain't going to have to lie and, and sin to accomplish whatever God done told us to do. We ain't going to have to do that. That ain't God. If you got to lie, you got to fake, you got to finesse to get it, then it ain't, it, it, you ain't in the right place. You ain't doing what you're supposed to do. So I want to say that. So here we are now seeing Abram tell Lot, you choose. And so this is very important because we see him go from a chapter ago being in a place of trying to protect himself to now like God defends me. God has whatever I need. God going to do it. 
So we see a whole shift and switch of what, what he was looking at a week before. It's also culturally, he had every right to pick what he wanted first. But because he had faith in God, promises and provision, he was able to defer. He was able to say, Lot, you know what? You choose what you want to do. I know we relatives, man. We out here fighting. We out here getting into it. You choose what you want to do. And the reason why is because they both had so much that they got from the Egyptians that they didn't have the land to be able to provide for all their livestock and all the things that they had. So it had to come to a point where they had to decide where they wanted to go. So let me give an understanding with that. So this was real important to me. And I want to point this out for those that are taking notes. You don't have to fight or defend what God says is yours. Because I think a lot of times when God speaks something in our life, we try to orchestrate and put ourselves or defend what it is that he said. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to fight and defend what God has said is yours. If he said it, it's yours. You don't have to fight and defend for it. So a lot of us are working hard to get a promise. God just wants us to be obedient and trusting. That's it. He's just asking for your obedience and trust. He's not asking for you to, 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 to do something extraordinary out of, the, out of the norm. He's just asking for your obedience and your trust. The lesson I was reading this, and the Holy Spirit really dropped something on me that was super interesting I want to share with y'all. So I don't want us to miss this. So again, catch this. God told Abraham not to bring light in the first place. Why did he bring him? That's the question. Well, why did he bring him? Because the Bible don't tell us why he brought him, right? So why did he bring him? Abram, like us, tried to help the promise come into reality, right? And this is how. And to which he understood. So he tried to bring it to the reality to which he understands and he can cover him what God is doing. Let's look at the beginning of chapter 12 and let's break this down. So we're going to break this down real quick. We're going to go back to chapter 12. And we're going to start at verse 1. We're going to read this real quick. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Okay? So really, really important that through you peace, right? Through Abram, this promise comes. His seed, through him, his seed. But remember, Abram at this point had no heir. He had no son. So he, his closest to what could be a son was Abram. That was the closest thing to him. So how many times do we try to bring our human understanding into a God-constructed promise, right? So what, what he was doing was bringing what he thought God would use to bring his promise through. Because he's at old age, so he's thinking, well, I mean, I don't have a son, so God made me this promise, and I agree to it, but maybe I need to bring Lot with me because who, who else is going to take this stuff from me? Who else going to be my descendants that God going to bless the world and bless out and do all these kind of great things too? So again, we want a God-constructed promise, but we want to have human understanding behind it. It don't work like that. So I'm here to tell somebody that whatever it is that promise that God is giving you, you ain't going to understand it. And it's okay that you don't understand it. Because a lot of times we want to bring our understanding to God and his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His understanding is not our understanding. So we got to be okay and be comfortable with not knowing but trusting, right? We got to be okay with not, with not uh, being able to relate to it almost, but also be having the faith to trust him in spite of what it looks like and what we understand. So again, that really shocked me because we want something only God can do, but we want it. We want to be able to understand it when we're limited to understand certain things, right? So that doesn't make sense. We want God to move in such a way, but we want to be able to almost control how he moves. We want to be able to piece it together how he moves, and we're not able to do that. And so it's okay 
they were not able to do that. So those that's taking notes, write this down. God won't fit into your logic. Now I got you, James. God won't fit into your logic. So whatever you're trying to understand, just, just, just please, you, you stressing yourself out for no reason. It's the God that created the whole universe. <laughs> he spoke things into existence that we're trying to understand. So really, let that soak in. God will not fit into your logic. And it's okay that he won't. So, you know, we've been saying that this is our miracle season. Something that I'm praying for in my own life, but also in this church, is that God moves beyond our limitation, beyond our understanding this year. So I can't understand why and what I can. Can I be real for a second? Like we, we don't realize that sometimes the, the frustration of where we are and where God has said we're going to be. It don't seem like it's adding up, but he's doing something. He's preparing us. He, he's moving in the midst that we can't see. He's working some out in our hearts because a lot of times the promise can become almost an idol. We can put the promise of what God has said over our lives in place of God. And God got to make sure that your heart is not going to do that. So again, if it's, if, it's, if it's whatever that thing is, you know, don't let it become more than God. Right. We'll seek after the promise of what he said. We'll seek out after what is what is in his hand and not what is in his heart. And we got to realize that. So, again, I want us to understand that I want God to move beyond my understanding, move beyond, move beyond my limitations, shift and move things for me on my behalf that I can't do for myself. Let my name come across rooms where I, people I never see. But just because God did it, the opportunities open up for me. And I'm praying the same thing for y'all as well. So let's jump back into text. Let's look at verses 10 and 11. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere. So it looked good, y'all. He looking out there, Lot looking out there like, man, like, whoo. You saying I can choose? No brainer. <laughs> I know what I want, right? It says everywhere like the garden of the Lord or a beautiful land. And I, and I want to start right here. I, I like it says like the garden of the Lord. Or the beautiful energy. So a lot of times, too, and we, as we're going, we're looking at things that look good. It may seem like God's blessing and provision is there. It, it, said, it says, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. So it seemed like it, but it wasn't. And we'll see why in just a minute. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of him. He went there with his flocks in service and parted company with his uncle Adam. All right, so don't miss this. Lot picked for himself. It says Lot picked for himself. When you choose for yourself, a lot of times what you choose is going to be short for what God has for you. Let's look back on that. If we would have been able to choose some things that we wanted, I tell you, I share this story all the time. Um, and people are shot like, man, you you lying. No. Before I met my wife in college, uh, we got married young. How, how old was it? Like tw- 24, whatever it was, 24. Um, 24, we was young. We was young. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. We was young. And I, and I had told myself before I met her, so this is before I met her, I said, I'm not getting married until I'm 30. I'll be 33 this year. We'll be married 10 years in September. So I thought I wanted wasn't what God wanted for me. So a lot of times, again, like I said, 
if we get to choose, we're going to choose wrong. Because we look at the outer when God looks at the inner and the whole thing. So again, Lot looking at the outer appearance of this land. Man, it's all that over there. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking at. And he chose for himself. So note takers, don't miss this. Write it down. What looks good to the flesh may not be good for the heart. What looks good to the flesh may not be good for the heart. Lot moved off the flesh in what looked good. Abram moved off faith in what God has spoken to him, not what he's seen. So to get the understanding of this, Abram had already got the promise from God that this land is going to be yours. But he took the position of, you know what, Lot, you choose. And this took faith like it's like this. It's a job you working at, right? God told you you're going to be the CEO and you let somebody else come and take be the CEO before you. You say, like, oh, go, go ahead. You, you can go get me the CEO right now because God told me. I don't know when it's going to be, but he said I'll be the CEO. You know how many of us be cutting up? No, nah, I'm the CEO. No, nah, this is my opportunity right here. No, nah, man, get up out of here. This me. I'm supposed to be the CEO, not you. But he said, no, nah, like, God, God got it. So you choose. You choose. You got it. So Abram moved in character and integrity. So Lot was caught in what looked good. The possession they received in Egypt and Lot uh, had Lot, but it didn't have Abram. So don't let, again, as I said before, don't let the possessions or the promise have you. God got to have us, y'all. Because a lot of times we see where Lot got caught up in the possessions and what looked good, and that had him. So that's why he chose what looked good on the outer instead of him having the heart to follow after God, what God has said. So we're going to look at verses 12 through 13. It says, so Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Lot moves more towards sin and wickedness, right? A land that looked good in the moment. This was somebody. But God soon was going to destroy because of the wickedness. So it looked good on the outer. But just because, hey, fellas, just because she looked good, her heart jacked up. Ladies, just because he looked good, six fold, dry to Sadie's. Hey, dry to Tessie. <laughs> hey, hey, he, he whipping it, but he going to leave your life in destruction. Let's be real. And that's why it takes. To pause right here for a moment. That's why it takes us being in relationship with God to be led by the spirit, not by what we want and what we see. Because it looked good. But we serve a God that give you what you like what, from the look and give you the heart that they, that they need to. Right. So that's again going to he was just looking at the outer. And so for us to understand that he was in this land that looked good, but it was full of wickedness, full of wickedness. So he made a decision off of what? So do we talk about a lot right now? He made a decision off what he seen and he didn't think about the effects that it had on him or his family spiritually. So men, every decision that we make affects not just us spiritually, but our families as well. Just because that job say whatever amount of money, but that place that you're going to is going to destroy your family. Let's be real. So we got to be in a place to hear from God and be able to say no if God says no, that's not for you right now. Right? And that's hard. Because it looked good. Well, this is going to change my whole life. I want it. But God like, nah, like, you don't need that right now. Being able to, to say no to that thing, right? So we're going to move forward. Read verses 14, 18. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, 
north and south, east and west. I am giving you all this land as far as you can see. Can you imagine God telling you just go look out as far as you can see? It's yours. As far as you can see. It's yours. Crazy. So he says, let me pick up back. I am giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. So I'm going to pause right there. The thing I like about God is like, God ain't just trying to bless you. He's trying to bless your whole family. He's trying to bless generations after you. Like, God don't just be like, okay, hey, Pat, I'm going to give this to you. He's like, no, I'm going to take care of you, your wife, your kids, their kids. Like, he looks at the whole line that God has taken care of. He takes care of a whole generation of people. Like, this promise was that because of Abram's obedience, it wasn't just for him. It was for his whole family. So, again, our obedience can change the trajectory of a family, of a generation, right? Because I think we need to hit it because a lot of times we get caught up in thinking it's about us. And it ain't about you. It's about how you can shift and change a whole lineage of people, a whole generation of people. Yeah, you're the first one in your family to get saved. So what? Be, be faithful. Be obedient. God can touch their hearts. Right? And so I think we get caught up in thinking it's about us. And, and I'm learning this, and I, and I share this all the time, is that the gospel, the whole thing about the gospel is that it's not about you. The, more far, the, farther, and the farther you get away from selfishness and get to God, you see that it ain't about you. You're living for others. You're doing for others. You sacrifice for others. That's what it's about. And so, again, let me get back up on the scripture. Y'all know I, I'll stop in a minute. <laughs> I will. And I will give you so many descendants that, the, that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to uh, Mamer. There he built another altar to the Lord. So I want to highlight, it's funny how God speaks to Abram as soon as Lot leaves. So a lot of times, as soon as we cut our baggage, our weight that we weren't supposed to have, God can speak to you. God, God can get what he's trying to get to you. Because a lot of times we're like, well, God, I'm praying, I'm praying. Yeah, you praying, but you still, you still got this thing dragging along, dragging along. I told you not to have it in the first place. And so we see that it says, look at verse 14 again. After Lot had gone, the Lord immediately after, as soon as Lot gone, the Lord said to Abram, go out. I'm going to remind you of this promise that I've already spoken to you. Go out, right? So God never forgets his promise to you. Just trust and know he is working it out for you. It took a lot of faith, again, for him to allow Lot to choose land that God had told him was his. It took a lot for him to do that. So note takers, write this down. God will allow you to sample the promise to what eventually will be yours. And, and, and I'm feeling real church today, so I want you to look to your left, to your right, and tell somebody, this is just a sample of the promise coming. This is just a sample of the promise coming. So a lot of times we, we think we think we in the promise, we, we just... This is this not even a promise, y'all. It's just a sample. It's just a piece of what he wants to do in your life, right? And so we got to understand that. And so I love this in verse 17. And I got I to gotta, I gotta move on this one. I, I love this in verse 17. Like this, <laughs> when I was reading this, I was like, man, it's good. Verse 17 says, go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So God tells him, Get up, go, go, go walk around this. Like, enjoy this. Like, this, this you, this is gonna be yours. Like, I, I just can't like fathom that God just giving him the, the opportunity to just walk a land that he's promising to him. Like, 
God tells us so many promises that are, that are ours that we can walk into, walk in freedom, walk in liberty, walk in peace, walk in joy, walk in boldness, walk in courageousness. God tells us to walk in these things as well. Like his was a tangible land, but what is ours? What is, it that, what is the promise that God's telling you to get up and walk in? Walk in your healing. Walk in your restoration. Walk in your deliverance. Walk in your breakthrough. Walk in it. And I, and, and I love that, that God says, because again, Abram still had the faith to get up and walk. He could have just sat there, okay, God, well, that's all you got then. But it's like one of those things I think about, we talk about the arrow striking the ground. I can't remember the exact scripture, but are you going to strike the ground as many times as you can, or are you going to stop? Because you want to put a limit to what God said. He says, walk the land, walk. I would have been walking for hours, I'm telling you. I would have been, boy, I would have been, <laughs> I would have been, all, James, I would have been all up through. I mean, I would have been walking for days. And I think it's a lot of it because we, we want, again, that understanding of, okay, walk, go and walk through the land in every direction. So God didn't say just go this way, go this way. He said every direction go. And I think we got to realize that, that God has a, just an overflow of blessing for our life that we got to understand that he's, he's doing, he's moving, he's pouring it out for us, but we just got to trust him even when we don't understand, even when it don't look good. We got to trust him, church. We got to trust him. We got to trust him. Like somebody, I, I don't know who this is for, but it's something that God has spoken over your life, but you've given up on. Your faith got to be restored again today. You got to believe it again today. It's something that you've been struggling, dealing with for years. You think God ain't going to never heal you from it, but he's, he's going to heal you from it. You got to trust, you got to believe it. So whatever those things or those struggles that is, we got to believe in what he says. And so verse 18. So looking at verse 18, it says, So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamer. There he built another altar to the Lord. So I'll put this up on the screen real quick. The name Mamer means vision. And Hebron means communion, Right? So Abram got back to walking in the vision and in the communion with God. So when God told him to get up and walk in every direction, he was walking back in the actual vision that God had spoken into his life. But also he was in communion with God because because it's something about when God says every direction is saying that that everywhere you go, I am already in this land with you. I'm already here. It ain't nowhere you're going to go that I'm not. So for us to understand whatever the promise is, whatever it is in your life, no matter where you at, God is with you. Because a lot of times we think God is only where the promise is, but he's with you even in the valley as you're going into the promise. He's there. Because the enemy have us that you by yourself. You alone. Ain't nobody going through this with you. Ain't God ain't even with you. When that's the lie, that's a lie and the trick of the enemy to question and think that God is not with us. His word tells us he will never leave, never forsake. So we got to be able to speak that to, into ourselves. I love it when David says, I encourage myself in the Lord. Because sometimes Pastor Joel ain't going to be here. I ain't going to be here. Your mama ain't going to be here. Your brother ain't going to be here. But you got to pick yourself up and have strength within yourself that I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. That I'm going to walk forward in the things that God has spoken in my life because I trust him at his word. I believe him at his word. And the funny thing about to have to be able to pull strength, you got to have some in you. You got to be studying. You got to be reading. You got to be praying because you can't pull from. I know old folks always tell me this. You can't pull from an empty well. You can't pull from something that you ain't put in. And that's what's happening is we defeated Christians because we don't pull. We haven't put anything in. So when, when, when storms and rain come, we ain't built on nothing. So we fold and crumble instead of being able to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So I love it 
that Abram got back to walk in the vision that God had for him. Because just a chapter ago, in fear, he moved and ran to Egypt when he was never supposed to be there in the first place. So now he's back what God has called him. And I love that, that God is, God is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth chances. He go over and over and over and over again. Because I think about this in my own life. There's so many times you feel like you've missed it. That's a lie from the enemy. You ain't missed it. He will put you back to walk back in the vision and be back in communion with him again. Right? But you got to move and be and be able to cut whatever that weight is. He also remembered every move of God required a sacrifice. As God moves us closer to his promises, what are you giving up? We want to move in the promises of God, but what are we giving up? Because I love it how every time God moved or did something, he built an altar. The altar was a symbol of uh, 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 sacrifice. Right. He made a sacrifice on the God. And we thankful that we don't have to do sacrifice of a bull, sheep and goats because of the blood of Jesus. But at the same time, we do have to give up something. <laughs> you got to give up something to, to be able to be everything that God called you to be. So here's the bottom line. Nothing is compared to what God has for you. Trust in his promises. Nothing. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff from Egypt. Never supposed to be in the first place. And God still blessed him. And gave them all these livestock and sheep and goats and gold and silver. And then we end up now where they got to separate and all those kind of things. But it still wasn't compared to what God had for them. Though. Still wasn't compared to what God had for them. And so again, the bottom line, nothing is compared to what God has for you. Trust in his promises. And so y'all know I, I, I love to end it uh, with a question. And so I really thought through this and what, what this question would be because it I was processing and thinking through this myself, and it was, the question is, what promises do you have that if you had God, if you had faith in God and his promises, the decisions you make would be different? Because again, we want to remember that a lot of these situations that Abram catches himself in was because it was a moment, it's sometimes a split moment. He lost faith in God and, and what God had said. So it led him to make choices and decisions that wasn't what God intended for him to do. So I look at my own life. What promises have God spoken over me? That if I keep believing and trusting in him and that thing, then my decisions will be different. The company that I'm around will be different. And so God has made common, because I think a lot of times we think promises of God, we think it's, it's this big thing and it's, it's so many things already in his word that he has promised to us that we haven't even tapped into again going forward he said that i, I give you uh, uh uh joy peace right why why we don't have it we talked about last week that he didn't give us a spirit of fear so why are we fearful it's promises that he makes in his word that are not this big thing but we don't even walk into it so how would our lives be different how would our decisions be different if we just trust in those things because I think we get caught up in thinking it's got to be this immaculate promise of, oh, you go, like, like again, like Abram, that was big, that was heavy. And not saying that God doesn't have that for us in this room, but it's so much that is already finished and we're coming from the side of victory that we miss out on. Because we're looking at it as we're fighting, the, as we're fighting to win when we, we're not realizing we already won. We already won. Somewhere right now, every hand lifted. And I don't, I don't know what you're going through. 
but I want you to know that God's promises are yes and amen for your life. If he said it, it's yours. We don't always know the timing. We don't always know what it's going to look like. We don't always know how it's going to come together. But you can believe God at his word. He won't fail you. So right now, God, I pray for every hand lifted across this place. Lord. You know what your people need. You know beyond any of our human understanding what the plan is that you have for our lives. God, and I thank you, God, that your plans are beyond what we can ever even fathom to think of right now, God. I, gotta, I, I pray for an extra dose of strength, of joy, of peace to, to come upon the hearts of your people like never before. God, I thank for, that God that we are hungry after you and what you want for us in our lives, Lord. God, I thank you, God, that even right now you give someone the, the bonus to cut off the lot, cut off the weight that you told us to never bring in the first place, God, to be able to let it go, whether that's a relationship, God, whether that's, a, that's, that's even a friend, whatever those things are, God, that we're able to strengthen and let them go because we want to be whatever you called us to be in you completely, Lord. I thank you, God, that you're a God of the whole, not a piece, not a part. So, God, that you want to do deliverance, you want to do breakthrough all the way through us, God, not just a piece of us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're caught up with the heart and not what it looks like on the outside. So, God, remind us. God, again, of those promises, even right now, God, if, if it's a promise or, or something that you have spoken over somebody's life and they just want to forget about it, God, I thank you, God, even as you reminded me, I remind them of the same thing, that the thing that you want to forget about, he did. The thing that you want to put in the back pocket and act like it'll never happen, he didn't. So God, bring it back to the remembrance again. It's nothing too hard for you, God. It's nothing that, too big that you can't do. So God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving on the hearts, moving on the minds of your people, strengthening your people to do your work and do your will, God, and also for them to know that you got a great plan for them, God. A great plan for them, God. And it's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen.